Uh, tonight we're going to be in Psalms 34. Uh, maybe we won't get bogged down too much in the Psalms. I think they've been, I uh, hope you are, I've been learning a lot from them and helping me in my life. Uh, this song, uh, this psalm is, uh, I guess, a little bit different because even the heading is uh, a little more specific and it tells us of a, a time in which this psalm was uh, written. Uh, and it come during a time uh, when it said that David pretended to be insane in the presence of Abimelech. Uh, and then he drove him out and he departed. Of course, that comes from 1 Samuel. If you want to go ahead and be turning there, 1 Samuel chapter 21, this is where this psalm evidently uh, comes from. It says, Then David arose and fled that day before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of uh, the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain um, his thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, uh, pretended madness in, in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I uh, need of a madman that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And I'm black up here. Is there a reason? I've got mine. I don't, ask, you don't necessarily need it, but I didn't know if it was up there or up here. It's okay. I've got I've got the verses. I think, or I could I could actually you know I could turn around if I need to. Okay. Thank you, sir. Oh, the power button says on. I think we are cooking with grease now. Okay. Um. So of course this gives us a time uh, when David and I think this is an interesting time because. Um, as we see here, as we're going to see here starting in the first, well, let's just go ahead into the first three verses of, of Psalms 3, and then we'll go back and, and talk about this. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue be in my mouth. My soul shall make uh, its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Notice he starts out, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now remember, he's not writing this, or he's not writing this and, and singing this and, and making this a part of, of who he is. He's not doing this during a good circumstance. Uh, he, he's doing this during a time when uh, you have David, uh, of course, uh, fleeing from Saul, and you have Saul trying to kill David, and Jonathan, uh, Saul's son, he was instructed by Saul to go find David and bring him back to the city to be killed. And Jonathan warns David of this. And David flees to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines recognize David as the king of Israel, as it said here in 1 Samuel, as one who uh, was far above Saul in how he uh, um, did his armies and how he all the victories that he had. So uh, David was in a place of his enemy to where... Uh, he was in fear for his life that he actually pretended to be mad 
Uh, it says he went around scratching on doors and just letting saliva come down on his, his beard. He acted like a madman so the king wouldn't, so he wouldn't kill him. So he's not writing this at a time when he says, I will praise, notice, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. So he says, I'm going to praise, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And this isn't a good time in his life, uh, circumstance that he's going through. Now this might be something good to say if things were going good in your life. Oh, I, I, I praise the Lord all the time. Boy, praise the Lord. Things are going good. I, I, I see a guy that comes in the funeral home a lot, and I asked uh, how are you doing? He said, I'm always, he said, I'm doing good. I just praise the Lord. I, I'm doing good. And I've often wondered, is he ever going to come in and tell me, you know, I'm doing bad. Praise the Lord. Is he ever going to say that? Is he ever going to say he's going through a bad day or having a hard time? Do we ever think about praising the Lord during those times? Um, I don't think so. Now, we may pray to God for help. We may cry out to him as David does numerous times but he says here he says I will bless the Lord at all times his praise will always be on my lips so David is saying it doesn't matter what I'm going through it doesn't matter what's happening to me it doesn't matter that I'm, I'm having to act like a madman so so the king here won't kill me it doesn't matter that I'm, I'm here in, in amongst my enemies it doesn't matter that that Saul is trying to kill me at every turn all these things doesn't matter. I'm going to bless and praise the Lord at all times with my mouth. Now, can we honestly say that like David does? Do I ever think about uh, the greatness of God? Do I ever think about how wonderful God is? Do I ever think about how good God is to me when I'm going through hard times? Do you? Or do we think about the goodness of God and how wonderful God is when he seems to be blessing us with good things. You know, it's, it's a little different, isn't it? How, how do we get to an attitude of, of praising God even in the hard times? You know, James talks about that, doesn't he? Rejoice when you go through various trials and troubles. I think this is, in essence, what David is saying here. How do we get to that point? How do we get to that point to where no matter what we're going through, our attitude toward God, our how we praise God doesn't change. How do you get to that point? Your faith. So we have to build your faith up. What builds our faith up? Trials. What's that? Trials. Trials. So see, it's kind of like a... a, a Well, I, you know, I, I, I have a conversation with my wife a lot. I'm, I'm the one in the house that's always, oh, just wait, wait till we go around the corner. I'm not Eeyore all the time, uh, most of the time. But something good may happen, you know, something, I, I, it could be anything, you know. Uh, uh, I can remember one time uh, uh, something happened. I forgot what it was. And... Uh, Ended up getting a, what's that? Remember. I remember it, yeah. I remember it just like it was yesterday. But then I'm getting old and I forget it again. But uh, something happened and ended up with some extra money that I didn't realize I was going to get for something. And then, you know, went home and boy, Tony was like, well, that's nice. You know, I'm, you know it's good that we, we have that. We won't put that back and have it extra. Go to the mailbox. What is it? IRS is audited you. That's never good. You know, you never, 
you know, that, that money's going to go right away because the IRS is going to audit you. You know, for some reason, when you fill out uh, IRS stuff as, as preachers, they must think every one of you is a TV evangelist making millions of dollars sometimes. But so we went through all that, and, and my saying to her always is, you know, when something good happens and then this happens, that's just God keeping you humble. You know, we don't want you to get too full of yourself. So, and that's what happens. You know, I always look at it, God keeping you humble. Um, but it is hard to keep that. And it doesn't mean we're happy when, when, when bad things are happening. But we have to maintain that relationship with God to where we're praising Him no matter what it is we're going through. No matter what it is that we're facing, our, our praise, as David says here, our praise for Him never leaves our lips. And, and that's something that doesn't happen by accident. Uh, I look at that like... Uh, you know, Ephesians talks about endeavoring for that unity of peace among uh, the body of Christ. Unity is not something that just happens, is it? You, you, you've got to work on that. You've got to make an effort for that to happen. Well, I think uh, our attitude toward God, uh, of praising God and, and maintaining that, that levelness of my praise for Him is not going to change no matter what my circumstance is, I think that too takes effort. I think that takes work. I think, as Jerry said, that takes faith. And how do you do that? You build on that faith. And our faith is built up by sometimes some of the trials that we go through. That's what builds our faith. Uh, how do I know I'm faithful unless I'm faced with something that tested my faith? I mean, you don't know, do you? It's like someone says, well, why do I have a bit, uh, having a bad day? So you know what a good day looks like. I mean, if you didn't have a bad day, you'd never know it was a good day. You have to have something there to, to balance that out, don't you? I mean, that, that's really how it is. So we have to balance our, our, our Christian life and our attitude with the fact of I'm going to praise God continually. And I like how, the, I'm glad this gives us a, an insight of, of maybe uh, exactly, if they're right, exactly when David penned this. It was during a very trying time to where he had to pretend he was a madman to save his life, but he says, I'll praise you always with my lips. I'll bless you at all times. It wasn't just during, uh, during good times. It was uh, during any time in his life. And, and notice, I think David learned it that way. Uh, David faced, uh, what did he run from Saul? What was it, some 15 years that he was on the run with Saul? You know, all the things that he, that he faced with that, the enemies and, and the things that took place. I think David's faith and his relationship with God grew closer because of that. Um, and I think if, if we let those circumstances do, do that to us that we face, I think there's great blessings in that as we grow, grow closer to God. Any other thoughts about that? That's a very interesting subject to me. That, that just struck me, just that phrase, at all times. That, that just stuck out to me as I was studying this. All times means all times. That's good, bad, and ugly. And uh, David said he's going to praise uh, during that. But notice what else he says here in verse 3. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make uh, its boast in the Lord. Now notice, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So now he takes it from himself. He said, here's what I'm doing. And now he says, you do it with me. So this, this is something I think for us, uh, I think David is saying, look what I'm going through and I'm still able to praise God. 
maybe we need to look at ourselves. You, you look at yourself and see, can you do the same thing? Do we have any right to say, yeah, David, but you, you don't realize what I'm, I'm truly facing. You know, you don't really realize what I'm going through. And that kind of helps my uh, Eeyore, uh, Eeyore attitude. Thank you very much. Uh, sometimes when I think about things that I'm going through, I start reading about Paul talking about all the things that happened to him in 1 Corinthians there. Start looking at David, all the things that happened to him, and ultimately looking at what happened to Christ on, uh, uh, on the cross. And I'm thinking, I don't have anything to be sad about. I don't have anything to be upset. I'm not going through anything like that. So how can I um, be down and not praise God as I should? Because I hadn't faced anything like that. Burton, you had something? I tell you, when you start, uh, the Bible talks about comparing ourselves with ourselves. We can get in a lot of trouble with that uh, because it's very deceiving. Um, there is some things we can look at others about because you may look at someone and it may appear that they don't ever go through any trials. And, that very, and then we may look and be envious and say, boy, I wish I was like them. They don't never go through anything. You know, they always have a pleasant... Maybe they are, they just... Their attitude is different during it. Or you may just not know what they're going through. You may not know what they're facing. Um, you know, I, I try to think about that and how uh, I perceive that other people treat me sometimes. I try to tell myself, you know, I don't know what they a conversation that they just had or something that they just went through or something they're facing that may make them have that kind of attitude right now. You, you don't know. So, you know, you kind of give somebody a little bit of lenience when it comes to well, that. Well, David spent a lot of time out with the sheep protecting them, and he understood yeah. the problems that would happen because he had to protect those sheep. Yeah. Uh, you look at, uh, compare that to Moses, you know. What was he doing when the Lord, you know, called him to go back to Egypt and and lead his people. I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Burton, because David did the same thing of, of, of God preparing us for the things that he wants us to accomplish. Sometimes we don't realize he's preparing us for it, uh, but I think we can notice that as we go through them and realize, okay, if I've not gone through this. I've had some instances happen in my life where I, I, I wonder, why did I have to face this, or why did I go through this, or, or why did this happen? And as you go through it, and then seeing sometime down the line where something very similar happened to someone that's close to me, and I was able to relate to what they were going through and able to help them through it. And I thought, well, perhaps that's why I went through that. Maybe that's why I faced that so I could be in the right place at the right time for that uh, reason to do that. You know, as Zach was talking about uh, uh, Sunday night about Indy, you know, this time right now, maybe this was the time for this. You know, you never know. You, you never know why you go through the things you do for the purpose that you go through. Look at the things that David were faced, even his hardships, look how they benefit us today. That we're able to read them, we're able to see them, we're able to learn from them. 
his, his, his triumphs and his mistakes, his failures and his successes. Uh, we're able to learn from those things, but David's the one that had to experience them and go through them. But I think as he calls here, he says, let us exalt his name together. I think he, he calls for other people and for ourselves say, okay, look, look what I'm facing. Look what I'm going through. If I can go through this and still praise God, surely the things that we face, we can do the same thing. And I think it's something uh, to think about. But then he goes on and talks about the works of God. Let's start here from verses 4 through 7. He said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. David tells us here that he, he was seeking after the Lord, and the Lord answered him. Uh, the Lord delivered David from all his fears, and I, I think David had quite a few reasons, uh, I would think you would agree, to, to fear, but the Lord was able, uh, he was able to entrust his life to God's hands. And I, I, I think it's interesting how he, he says here, this poor man cried out to God, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. I like how David pictures himself. Did he, did he say this poor man because he was materially had nothing? Was it because he was on the run and didn't have uh, uh, any possessions with him? Or was he talking about the kind of spirit that he possessed? Was he talking about his attitude? Why do you think he called himself a poor man? This poor man cried out to God and he heard him. How do you think David views himself when it comes to approaching God? Yeah, low esteem, very humble. Uh, I think David realized many times he got out of trouble and it really had nothing to do with him. You know, if it wasn't for God, as he, as he said in, in several psalms that we've studied already, I cried out from the pits and you pulled me out. I, I, I couldn't do it myself. It wasn't my own righteousness. It wasn't by me. It was because of you, uh, God, that I've... I was able to do this. And he, I like how he says that. I cried out, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So what's he saying? Those who fear God, those who are following God, those that trust God, that it's like having you know, an angel encamped around us and he's going to deliver us. In other words, he's saying God's going to protect you. God's there with you. Um, now sometimes we take that to think and there's uh, uh, part of this psalm that, that gets into that a little bit more that we're going to talk about but sometimes when we, we see things like this we automatically think okay no matter what I'm facing there's nothing ever going to hurt me I'm never going to be in any trouble that, that, that God's all around me and it's like I'm living in a bubble and nothing can touch me well is that, is that really what he says? But he says here, God's going to deliver you, that, that uh, the angel of the Lord is there with you, that God's there with you. Well, how, could the, how, how can we say God delivers us from our troubles if we trust in Him and we fear Him when we see individuals that look like they succumb to their troubles? How do you explain that? How, how does that jive? How, is, is the Bible incorrect? Is David lying here?
Yeah. Yeah, think about it. Mike, Mike makes a, a great point here. Look at what Jesus told his apostles, you know, I'm with you even to the end of the age. I'm always going to be there with you to protect you. And the same thing, he was with Stephen the whole time. But look what happened to him. Look how they died. Look at the suffering that they had to go through. But the difference is, is why they went through it and why they were enduring it. And God was right there with them the whole time. And he delivered them but not like we think that he should. It, it, it's not that physical to where your, your body, and like I said, there's a, a part of this song that we're going to probably get into a little bit more of this, but it, we, we look at it that, okay, physically nothing's ever going to hurt me. Uh, I, I, life's always going to be great because God said, I'm always going to be with you, and if God is with you, who can be against you, right? But being with us doesn't mean he's going to actually stop some things from happening. Some things need to happen. But he's going to be there with us. And as Mike said, he's going to deliver us, but deliver us to a far better place. But we've got to endure. We've got to continue to fear him. I mean, think about going through these things without God being with you. Okay, physically the same result may happen, but the end result is going to be totally different, isn't it? I mean, that's how he's delivering us. Jeff, did you have something? You look like you... It just may not be anytime. Anytime I think about that, I always think about the children of Israel, you know, right there at the banks and the Egyptian army behind them, and they don't know what to do. And God tell them, just just be still. I'm going to deliver you. Just be still. They had no idea how, and it surely wasn't like they thought it was going to be, you know. And and I think that's the same thing happens to us today. You know, sometimes we just got to be still, get out of our own way, and quit trying to tell God, God, I want you to deliver me, but here's how I want you to do it. I think that's where we, our faith starts slipping. I think that's where our attitude starts slipping and we start just looking at the circumstances because we're telling God how to deliver us, how we think it should be done, and when it doesn't happen that way, then our faith grows weaker because of it. When we just need to, to be still and go through that and let God deliver us, whatever happens. That, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what happens. It matters who we serve. So no matter if it's a health uh, uh, trial, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, financial, it doesn't matter if, I mean, we could put a whole list of trials that, that people face all the time. You know, you never know what you're going to face. And it's easy to stand up in the pulpit and say that. It's easy to say, here's what you got to do until you're actually going through it. But the Bible is still the same. It tells us, okay, we, we still praise God. We still realize He's going to deliver me because there's something better. This world is not all that there is. We're, we're putting all our eggs in this basket and thinking if, if it doesn't turn out here on this earth like I think it should, it's over. When, when this earth is not the goal, <laughs> the goal is there. The goal is what's coming. And it's 
how we get through that. And many people get there a lot of different ways as far as, I'm not talking doctrinally, I'm talking about the physical trials or death. There's a lot of things that people face that they leave this world. But what they need to have in common is where they're going because God is going to deliver us if we stay with him. Well, not to get, you know, in all the madness of the world, but just look at our country. What's officially or essentially going to bring our country back to where it needs to be? We all know what's going to need to happen. We just don't look forward to it. But we've got so much excess where, as Bert says, having a good time, things are going great to where we don't want to think about, okay, uh, the more great it got, the more we drifted away from God. So what's going to get us back toward God? There's, there's going to be some hardships. What, what else is going to do that? You know, And that's what happens to Christians, as we talked about before. What strengthens our faith? It's these trials that we go through when we're faced through these and to go, uh, go past them. Um, and it's not an easy thing to think of sometimes, but that's what we have to face many times to get where we need to be. Um, because the other way, we're getting farther and farther away from God. Um, and we don't, we enjoy so much good that we forget to continue to strengthen ourselves and grow closer to God that, in those times so we can be close to Him during those bad times. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's not—it's not an easy thing to face, but it is—it is part of life. It's part of our Christian maturity. It's part of maturity physically. I mean, look how many times you fall before you really learn to walk, and you got—I mean, there's pain that you have to face along the way to get stronger, so you can get to that place that you need to be. Um, and we all face that. Um, look here in uh, Luke, uh, Luke uh, Psalms eight. Uh, through 10 now. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Um, he starts out by here, taste and, and the Lord and see. David encouraged us to give God a try. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There is this is our 100% money-back guarantee. Uh, 
I've seen a bumper sticker one time that says, try the Lord. If you don't like him, the devil's going to take you back. You know, and I thought that, that that's a pretty good bumper sticker, you know. Uh, and, and what keeps people, and I like how he says this, taste the Lord and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because many times people just think about God as just some old man up there with a stick ready to just pounce us on the head. But he says here, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. He's saying, see that the Lord is good. He's good for all of these reasons. These reasons are he's going to tell you the truth. These reasons are he's going to deliver you through these uh, things that you're going through because the ultimate goal is a home with him. And he's going to tell you and show you and encourage you and be with you, getting you through all of that. But you have to trust in him. You have to see that you have to be all in. Just try it and see. The devil, as Buffer Sticker said, the devil will take you back if you decide not to. What have you got to lose? You know, it's like I was talking to someone one day and I couldn't think of anything else to say to him. He was telling me we, we were disagreeing on some, some things in the Bible. And finally, just end up, I said, okay, let's look at it this way. If you're right, I'm okay anyway. But if I'm right in what this says, and all you have to do is read it. In other words, if the Bible's right, then you're not. You, you, you need to look and see. You, you need to look and see that this is different than how you think it is. Too many times we look at things and we say, well, I believe this or I think that, and, 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 and this is just a way. I heard someone say that today. Uh, I, I was listening to, uh, I was in a little music room there in the funeral home, and I was watching a video ready to, to play when... Uh, he got done talking, and I bet 15 times uh, he says, well, here's the way I believe this. Here's the way I believe this. And he would read something, and he'd say, okay, here's what it says, but here's the way I believe this. And what he said was totally different than what he read. I, I, I just wanted to go in there in the, in the middle of that funeral and just stop it and say, it doesn't matter what you believe. You read it. Don't say it says this, but you believe something else. That makes absolutely no sense. Oh, I was just fuming in that little room, you know. But I, I got to thinking about it. In essence, a lot of times we do that. We'll, we'll see this. Here's how I believe it. it, it it's not about that. It's when I'm in with God, I, I'm all in. It's, it's what He says. I follow what He says. I believe what He says and, and do those things. Uh, and, so, and that's how we get so much adrift. Like I say, I was listening to this gentleman today, and, and I'm thinking, okay, you believe that, and that... That sounds all right, I guess. It makes no sense, but it sounds okay, I guess. In, in essence, if it makes you feel better, but it doesn't change anything. You know, it, it just doesn't change it. And that's what I think David is saying through this Psalms and other Psalms is, the reason he's able to get through this is because he trusts God fully. He does what he says to do. He don't stray from it. He doesn't do what he believes. He doesn't do something just to get him out of trouble. He doesn't just believe something so it can make himself feel better. There's many times David doesn't feel good and going good through good things because he's doing what God said to do. It's not about that. It's about serving him no matter what. And it's hard. I, I'm stubborn. I, I, I see that. I, I go to the Bible like other people do to try to prove what I already believe. 
Oh, I, I, here, here's what I believe. Let me go to the Bible and show you where it's true. And we can twist the scriptures and come up with anything we want to. But as he says here, as we're, we're tasting the Lord, as we're, we're, we're taking it for what it is. And sometimes, it, 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 you know, to get to that good, there's, there's some, some sour in there too. It, it may not taste pleasant. But it will end up good if we, if we would just let it. Then he says, notice here at the end, he says, uh, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And I like how he says this, the, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. Um, lion pretty high on the food chain, isn't it? And he says here they lack and suffer hunger. But he says those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. doesn't say we won't lack anything, but we won't lack any good thing. If we trust in God, those good things are there. And those good things are the things that He provides us, those tools that He provides us to get us through these things that we face. So we're not we're going to lack nothing when it comes to that. Look at verses 11 through 14. I've got to hurry here. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You want to have longevity of life? You know, have you ever heard anybody say, well, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just your time. Is that a true statement? Why? Why ain't it true? Yeah, you got 15 years. You, he tells here, if you want to uh, see good days and, and, and enjoy these days and and these, these are things that you can do. I can do things to shorten my life. You know, what if I go out here on Highway 56, stand in the middle of the road, get run over? Can you just say, well, it's wrong, it's time to go. Because I stood out in the road and got run over. I mean, that's really what that means when people say that. I can go up here on the building, jump off, and just, you know, do a swan dive into the parking lot. Well, it's just his time to go. No, it's his time to be stupid. You know, there's things I can do to shorten it, but there's things I can do... You know, to, to lengthen it also. He tells me here, if I want to see good days, you know, here's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's things we don't know. And that goes back to praying for. You know, prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Can prayers uh, uh, lengthen someone's life? Can you know? You, you start thinking on these things. I mean, it, 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 it's a lot of things that kind of tie in together. But God does give us a roadmap to have an abundant life. You know, He He, he tells us here uh, things to do: keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Uh, depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. You know, if I'm not seeking peace, if I'm all the time seeking conflict, sooner or later that conflict is going to catch up with me and cause harm to me. But if I'm seeking peace, that can make a world of difference. So there is things. So he's saying here, okay, here's, here, here's what I'm going to do 
and praising God. Here's what God does for us. He, he tells us these things to live the life uh, uh, that we should live as, as servants of His. Notice verse 15 through 16. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So God's eyes are upon the righteous. He's watching over us. His ears are attentive to our cries. He's telling us that, that we serve an attentive God. He's, it's not like, you know, uh, Elijah was talking to the ones, the prophets of Baal said, you know, keep crying out to him. Maybe he's on vacation or maybe he's asleep. Maybe you've got to wake him up. We don't have to wake God up. He's attentive to the things that we, we need. He knows what we're going through and what we're facing. The Lord saves us and delivers us. Look at verse 17 through 22. The righteous cry out. The Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of His servants, and none of those who trust in Him shall be condemned. Um, in 1 Peter 3, beginning at verse 9, it says, Not returning evil for evil, or uh, reviling for uh, uh, reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days... Let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lip from speaking deceit. Let him turn all uh, evil do uh, to good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We see that Peter here quotes this section of Psalms. And Peter quotes this psalm to encourage us to, to continue uh, to do good in times of suffering. He encourages us, don't, don't repay evil for evil. Don't repay insult for insult. He said, God is watching out for you. God is taking care of you. God is showing you how to live your life. And, and don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Now, uh, I want to focus here on verses 19 and 20 here in the last few minutes. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. He said He delivers us all out of every affliction. He guards our bones and not one is broken. Now, um, John, remember John quoted this in John 19 and verse 36. He says, For these things were done that the Scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of His bones shall be broken. So John applies this, not bones should be broken, to Jesus. Of course, they didn't break His bones, of course. Now, physically, that, that's true, right? They, they didn't do that. But is this what Psalms is actually talking to is applying to us? It means that whatever we're facing, we're never going to have a broken bone. Have you ever had a broken bone as a child of God? I actually hadn't yet. Now that I said that, I'll break it, walk it off the stage, I'm sure. There's that Eeyore in me. But uh, that's not... Yes, John applied this correctly to Jesus, but there was more to it than just the physical part of it. Well, he's talking about that protection that we have of getting us through and being with us through whatever affliction that we go through. He's going to deliver us out of them all. And he does, every one of them, doesn't he? Every affliction we go through, he delivers us out of them. Now, it may not be how we think it is, 
But what he's saying is, it's not going to crush us. It's not going to break us. John applied this correctly to Jesus. Physically, they didn't break his bones, of course. But again, it goes farther than that, as, as the psalmist is saying here, to the fact of God's going to get you through all of these afflictions and all these things that you're facing. We just got to trust in Him uh, to do it. And, and that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I think, and I can only speak for myself, my biggest problem when I go through afflictions is, God, I, I, I trust that you're going to help me, but I trust you're going to help me like I think you should. And I don't think that's the attitude that we should have. Um, but David here is, is saying, here's how I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise Him through all my afflictions. Here's what God continues to do for me, and here's what I'm going to continue to do. I'm going to trust in Him even through all the things that I face. Any final thoughts or comments? Anything? All right. Maybe we can take after David and go through uh, our trials a little better than we have. Is that rain out here? Or is that the air kicked on? Is it raining, really? It's not raining. Raylan says it's not raining, so it can't be raining. I trust you, Raylan. I will not take an umbrella out with me.